Hello, and welcome to the Space Coast Pet Podcast, the podcast for pets and the people who love them. Now, here's your host, veterinarian Dr. Roger Welton. Hello, pet lovers, and welcome to the Space Coast Pet Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Roger Welton, aka Dr. Roger, practicing veterinarian, coming to you from the Florida Space Coast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We have um, a topic about compliance, which species creates the biggest barrier to compliance. And when we say compliance, we're talking about the follow through of the owner to implement the treatment, dietary, whatever recommendations we make to try to fix the problem. And you have a lovely picture there of a nice young couple that is, uh, well, they're holding a cat and a dog. There are other pets out there. My expertise is dogs and cats, so that's what we're going to focus on today. Which species presents the greatest hurdles in compliance, and how do we overcome those hurdles? This is really important because I can make a recommendation, I can prescribe medication, I can perform surgery, but if we can't follow through with what needs to be done at home, it renders the veterinarian virtually powerless and then owners are frustrated because they're not getting the results they want and then the pets suffer because they're not getting relief from whatever ails them so very important topic today so please stick around we have a listener email we'll start with that and then we'll jump into our topic dear dr roger trying to get information about my dog's knee injury on google you keep coming up with blogs <laughs> videos and your clinic's website is listed at the top of most different search variations of dog CCL tear, CCL tears in dogs, CCL tear treatment, etc. It gives me the impression that you seem to be something of an expert on this subject. I'm getting conflicting opinions about my dog who has a CCL tear. He limps, but he does not seem to be in any pain. But the limping does get worse when he plays in the backyard then goes back to the regular mild limp that he normally has. My regular vet told me that the area is mineralizing and therefore healing. I went for a second opinion and the other vet told me that it will never heal and need surgery and wants to refer me to a surgeon. I do not know who to believe and I'm hoping that you will be the tiebreaker. Thanks in advance. Sincerely, Rose, Clinton, New Jersey. West New Jersey. You know, Rose, I almost moved to Clinton, New Jersey at some point in my life. I was in middle school. My father was working for Merck Pharmaceuticals at the time. I actually spent his whole career there. In Rahway, New Jersey was the corporate headquarters. I grew up in the neighboring town of Clark, New Jersey. Lovely town. Well, around middle school, the uh, Merck decided to move a good bulk of their headquarters out to White House Station, which is right out near Clinton. And my father was floating the idea of selling the house in Clark and moving out to Clinton. Naturally, I was devastated. All my friends were in Clark. I had spent my entire life in Clark, all my sports, everything was there. And thanks dad for not making us move. Clinton is beautiful. No offense to Clinton. A lot of dairy farms out there. It's really pretty. A lot of people don't realize how beautiful New Jersey is. All they think of is that ugly northeast corner where Newark Airport is and the Jersey Turnpike and Yep, that is not the prettiest place. However, as you get south and west away from those areas, New Jersey's quite beautiful. 
But enough about New Jersey. Sorry, I'm very proud of my home state. Um, yes, I am something of an e-expert. Thank you for reaching out. I'm so glad you found me. I would be happy to be the tiebreaker. I have two postdoctoral certifications in reconstructive canine knee surgery. And I've uh, been repairing knees for over 21 years. It's one of my favorite surgeries. Um, I do about three or four a week. Um, and your first vet is dead wrong. <laughs> so um, it's not healing. The mineralization that he's seeing is what are called osteophytes. And osteophytes are little bone calluses that form along the hyaline cartilage surfaces of the articulating areas of the bones. So in the case of the knee joint, the femur or thigh bone meets the tibia or shin bone and the two cartilaginous surfaces meet. Think of a chicken bone. Think of the end of the chicken bone. It's got that shiny white area. Um, that is hyaline cartilage. And when we get bone on there, that's not good. Bone's not supposed to be there. So um, I call them bone calluses because essentially they resemble calluses like you get on your hands when you lift weights or work out in the yard, your physical person that you know offends your hand, the skin of your hands. And you develop these calluses to the, because the, the, the body's responding to the chronic inflammation by laying down this cornified uh, skin, essentially, to protect the underlying uh, epidermis and dermis. Um, in the case of calluses outside of them being slightly unsightly, slightly unsightly, <laughs> and uh, potentially not feeling so good when you know somebody shakes your hand, they're actually quite helpful. I like my calluses. I do lift weights and I work out and... I, I embrace my calluses, but inside of a joint, they're bad because what happens is they interrupt the articulation of these joints that go from nice and smooth to now crunchy and crunchy in joints is bad and crunchy leads to an exacerbation of the osteoarthritis, which eventually leads to a condition called degenerative joint disease. So you take the second vet's advice, get that referral, go to the surgeon, get that repaired. One last thing, you're saying he doesn't appear to be in any pain. I get this a lot because I see a lot of limping dogs that come in for uh, actually CCL tear consultations. Well, he doesn't seem like he's in pain. Okay, okay. Uh, so why is he limping? Why are you here? <laughs> They're like, well, um, I guess it bothers him. Okay, so he's in pain, <laughs> right? So Rose, your dog's in pain. Um, dogs don't whine and cry. They don't say, hey, my knee hurts. No, that's not how they're built. They internalize their pain. Your guy internalizes his pain so much and he will not be denied his play that he goes out in the yard, worsens his limping, and still doesn't complain. But his, lim his limping worsens because his knee's unstable and it hurts. But he's not going to whine about it. So yeah, he's in pain. Remember that, ladies and gentlemen. Dogs are not drama queens. Cats most certainly are not drama queens. They internalize their pain, and when they show that they are having compromised use of a limb, believe me when I tell you they're hurting. So get that knee fixed. Best advice I can give you. All right, let's jump into our topic. So lovely picture. Uh, if you're not on my show page, check it out. It's a nice young couple with a dog and a cat. And the topic of the episode is which species presents more barrier to 
good owner compliance. I'm not sure if I'm paraphrasing the title just right. My producer comes up with the titles. I just work here. So essentially, um, the uh, we make a recommendation. You guys have to follow through with it, right? And so which species there do you think it's hardest to follow through with? Think, just think that think of that in your mind. I'm not creating a, a poll. It's sort of a rhetorical question because none of you can answer me right now. But I'm going to tell you the biggest barrier right now, and I think any veterinarian would agree with me. If I could virtually circle the two people in the picture, that's the species that poses the biggest barrier to compliance. Um, so compliance can stem from an inability to get medication in the patient. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, but what's not fair enough is when you come back to me and the pets know better and I'm like okay have you been given ABC medication no he won't take pills okay well um, we're no better because you have been unable to treat and you know that's not your fault but you should have called me because now things are worse we're not just not better but we're worse uh, I could have gotten the medications compounded for you by compounding pharmacy into a liquid and if, by the way if your pet doesn't take liquid well there's even certain um, medications that can be compounded into a transdermal suspension where we it's actually an ointment where you just rub a small amount on the skin and it absorbs through the skin so there's a lot of ways around issues medicating the patient you just gotta let me know so I can help you okay so that's frustrating it's frustrating because I recommend a treatment you can't do it and then you're coming back frustrated that your pet's not better, the pet's suffering, but I never knew you couldn't treat. <laughs> you got to let me know these things. All right. So, so that's a failure of the person. It's not the, it's, it's not the fault of the pet. It's really not the fault of the veterinarian. We can't know what you don't tell us. Right. Um, so let, let me just talk about what, what, what got me into this inspiration of this episode. I have all kinds of inspiration all the time. I'm never short of a uh, of topic. I'm never short of something to talk about. I've spent the last week dealing with non-compliance and the consequences of it. So let's segue into the first frustrating experience that I had because our dear listener, uh, email listener that uh, we started the show with Rose, talked about CCL tear. Well, I, as I said, I, re I repair a lot of these, and the procedure that I do is called Modified Mackay Procedure, or MMP, and it involves partially cutting bone, putting a spacer in, compressing the spacer with a pin, and then stabilizing the bottom part of the cut with a staple. Won't get too much into that, but the net result is it stretches the patellar tendon, which is a strong tendon that runs across the front of the joint, and takes up the what you, the forces of what the CCL used to facilitate, which is stopping forward motion of the tibia when in weight bearing, and it works really well and he's nice and staple life is good. So this particular dog comes in this week. I'd done the procedure four weeks ago. Um, the dog is doing well generally, um, but uh, not quite as far along as I'd like to see it four weeks. Um, you know, normally they're just about almost like not limping at all when they come in. This dog had a slight little off gait uh, with the, the repaired limb, but still way better than even preoperatively. So 
I take the x-ray, which we do at four weeks, and I see, oh, okay, I see why. There's a little tiny fissure right here. As I said, I partially cut the bone, um, and then it leaves, you know, it, I have to advance the bone forward, and at the bottom part, you know, it, it's intact bone, but uh, if we're not careful, it can form a little fissure, but no big deal because, you know, the, the, the majority of the bone has grown through the implant, and we're, the knee's stable, range of motion is good. We're just lagging a little bit behind because we might be a little sore because the dog had to form a little callus um, at the at, at that little fissure site. No harm, no foul, we're good. Probably the dog maybe got away from me a little more than she should have. Um, but let's stay the course. We're gonna increase the 40 minute leash walks. But let's make sure we keep her still from, you know, doing the zoomies in the house, confine her if you have to. We don't want her chasing squirrels. We don't want her off leash at all. We'll see you in two weeks. All right, so all good and fine. These little fissures happen sometimes. Well, the, the owners call the next day and one, I'm not sure if it was a wife or the husband, but she asked the technician, hey, um, just wondering, is it the fact that she's been going up and down stairs all this time that uh, maybe she's a little slower to heal? And uh, I clarified the technician, they're letting her do stairs now, it's too early for that. And the technician says, no, no, they've been letting her do stairs from the beginning. I'm like, holy moly, free holy. Okay, so... I guess a dog sleeps on the second floor of the house and goes upstairs every night since the day of surgery. These guys go home the same day. And I was astounded. But you know what? I shouldn't have been astounded because I'm thinking things like this happen all the time. So when I'm discharging the patient, I go over the post-operative x-rays and show the there's where the hardware is. I want them to understand what was done. And I tell them this is good hardware. You got uh, a pin that's compressing um, the spacer that I put in. You got this nice, nice staple, but it's not foolproof. This fracture, induced fracture needs to heal for this to go forward properly. You need to confine your dog in a four by four space, preferably a crate, and she's to be only outside, on leash only to do her business, walk around very slowly for five to seven minutes, right back in her crate. By the way, here's some trazodone to you know, make her so she's not stir crazy and more accepting of her confinement. Just a little calming agent we like to give them. First two weeks are the most crucial. Um, and, 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 and I tell them no running, no jumping, and ready for this, no stairs. <laughs> and then I then send the owners onto the discharging technician they reiterate everything I say. They point out on the discharge little packet with very detailed instructions that point out their medications and limitations and expectations and all that. The big black bold letters that say absolutely no running, jumping, or stairs. <laughs> so I say it, the technician says it. If you have any questions, concerns please refer to this anything you need to know is here or simply give us a call they go home and let that dog do stairs right from the beginning they are so lucky something worse did not happen they are so lucky so 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 lucky because that could have been a catastrophic failure because of that lack of compliance and that lack of compliance had nothing to do with 
inability to medicate. That lack of compliance had nothing to do with us not giving them the information. It had everything to do with them glaringly ignoring it. So I'm going to tell you folks, you know, something like an orthopedic surgery, any surgery, I got 30 to 90 minutes in the operating room to do what I need to do. The rest of it has to happen at home, meaning you got to give the right medications. You need to apply the correct restrictions. Biggest one, biggest lack of compliance. So frustrating. People don't like e-collars. You know, the lampshades that go on cats and dogs after surgery so they don't lick. I'll tell you what, I hate e-collars when my dogs have to wear them. It sucks, right? So I don't disparage anybody who can't stand the collars, uh, especially with big dogs, man. They run into the back of your legs with them and they scratches. They get stuck in doorways. I freaking hate e-collars. So I understand. I feel your pain. But people, rather than live with it, it's got, it's, it's 10 to 14 days for this incision to heal. We take staples out and then you're done with the collar. No, they take it off. And the dog or cat eats their wound open. And now I have an infected, contaminated wound that I gotta reclose. You know what that feels like? When something so preventable happens? Think of, think of surgery when a veterinarian does it as a, a work of art. It's a sculpture. You put your heart and soul into this thing. You're so proud of the outcome. You're excited for the pet. Look how great this turned out. And then it gets utterly destroyed and the pet suffers needlessly because the owner didn't like the collar. I hate collars, folks. I leave them on. I deal with it. It's two weeks of my life. Deal with it. That's another catastrophic and frustrating, frustrating, ever so common thing. I think I reclose sometimes two to three surgical incisions a week. That's how commonly that happens. Got another one for you, <laughs> and this will be my last one. I'm sorry, I feel like I'm just bitching and moaning, but I'm just trying to ram the point home here is that we can only control what we can control. We can't create miracles at home when you don't comply with what we ask you to do. Last case, Labrador Retriever. Chronic recurring diarrhea going on for the last several months. Um, there's been uh, two doctors involved in this case both myself and Dr. Nelson, and we uh, were both frustrated. <laughs> so first time around, the dog comes in, has some diarrhea. Oh, it's a Labrador retriever, probably a case of dietary indiscretion. Here's some metronidazole. This is a great antibiotic because it immunomodulates the gut, slows the diarrhea while um, killing the bugs, mostly clostridial species that like to overcrowd the gut crowding out the good bacteria, colonizing with that bad bacteria. So we balance the gut, we stop the diarrhea, works nine out of 10 times, maybe 19 out of 20 times. And we don't see that pet again. Well, this pet comes back in and we run a stool, negative for parasites. Okay, so maybe we have a dietary issue here. Let's, uh, let's try putting, we're gonna treat again, but we're gonna, we're gonna put your dog on gastrointestinal biome. It's a prescription level diet. It, um, it, uh, it's, it's loaded with probiotic, it's got prebiotic fiber, it's got um, uh, a lot of soluble and insoluble fiber, it, it's 
formulated formulated to facilitate in every way, shape, or form a healthy gut. This really cool um, senior gentleman who's a pit bull I treat had chronic diarrhea um, for God, quite a long time. And I was his third vet at this point, uh, trying to figure this out, right? And I said, okay, well, I am gonna repeat what your other vets have done. You know, we need to get the madness under control. I'm gonna put your dog on the Metro because we know it works, but you know, then after treatment, it comes back. So we need to do something different. That different thing is I'm gonna put your dog on GI biome made by Hills for the long term. But you gotta feed just that diet and nothing else. If you wanna give treats, just give kibble as treats. It's a nice little trick you could play on a dog. Well, a month later, the gentleman comes in, not for diarrhea with his dog. He comes in for his annual wellness. And I haven't seen the dog. And he's like, doc, that diet has been a miracle. Why didn't my other vets recommend it? I'm like, I can't speak to that, but I'm glad he's doing well. He goes, I just got one question for you. Any chance I can eat it? I want stools that perfect. <laughs> I just love that story. He's such a cool guy. Um, that's how that's how good GI Biome works, right? So a month later, they come back in. This time they see Dr. Nelson, my, uh, my respected colleague at my clinic. And they say, uh, well, she's got diarrhea again. And they said, okay, um, are, you, are you feeding the GI biome? Uh, no, 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 it's way too expensive. Okay, so what are you feeding? We're feeding from. Folks, I hate from. F-R-O-M-M. I don't care if they sue me. They're a terrible diet. Which, by the way, not that less expensive than Hill's GI biome. But they decided to not tell anybody. They didn't call us, consult with us. If it's too expensive, fair enough. I understand that. We can make another recommendation, maybe a commercial sensitive skin and stomach formula. There's a couple of those out there that we can recommend. But don't just make a change. I see dogs without GI problems suddenly develop GI problems because their owners put them on from. You pick maybe the worst, one of the worst possible diets you could probably pick to feed this dog. Um, that's got a troubled gut. Dogs with healthy guts eat from and get diarrhea. The, the, the nutrient breakdowns are just so inappropriate. It's just terrible, terrible choice. So then <clears throat> my esteemed colleague, Dr. Nelson says, you know what, there is, I, I, I get that it's, it's expensive. She's like, you know, from's not that less expensive, but it's a, it's a really terrible diet. All veterinarians hate from, just, just say it. Um, it's, it's in the category of like boutique style diets that just nobody likes except um, some breeders and some groomers, but no real veterinary professional likes from. So she says, you know, here's an affordable one for you. Go to PetSmart, Purina Pro Plan Sensitive Skin and Stomach Formula. Now Purina's got a bad name because of the garbage they sell at Walmart, <laughs> but they did a really nice job with the Pro Plan line both the maintenance diets and the ones specific to maybe some ailments like a sensitive gut or sensitive skin. This is a salmon and rice-based diet. I've had a lot of success with it. I said, you know what, Dr. Nelson, that's a hell of a good idea. So she puts, you know, repeats the metronidazole because that stops the madness, puts the dog on, you know, recommends this. A month later, now the dog comes in to see me. Doc, we just can't get rid of this diarrhea. It's back again. And I'm like, okay, so how's the Purina? Pro plan salmon and rice formula going. Are you feeding that exclusively? No. <laughs> she wasn't crazy about it, so it must be a bad diet. 
I'm like, well, but does she eat it? Yeah, she'll eat it, but she doesn't go into it with the enthusiasm like she normally does with food. And you know Labrador Retrievers, they love their food. I'm like, yeah, but ultimately she does eat it, right? Yeah, she does. And were the stools good when she was eating it? Yes, yes, they were good. I'm like, okay, so can you go back to that diet so I could stop medicating your dog? No, you know what? I trust my dog, and if she doesn't like it, I, uh, I, I'm really not going to put her through that. I want her to enjoy her food. I'm like, okay, but she, the trade-off is I got to medicate her again, and now you're going to continue to have diarrhea if we don't get her on the right diet. Dietary stability and consistency is what we need more than anything in this world right now for your dog. What are you feeding, by the way, since you stopped feeding the pro plan? Oh, we went with, oh, what's the boutique-style diet du jour? What the, there was another one. It wasn't from, oh, solid gold. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, why the boutique style? <laughs> like, you know, ladies, you can pick up the phone and give me a call. Shh, you know, I personally think that if something was solving my dog's diarrhea without medicine, I'd say suck it up and eat it because that's all you're going to get because I'd rather not deal with your diarrhea. I'd rather not medicate you. That's my opinion as a pet owner. But if you insist your dog has to be enthusiastic about food, we could pick something else. Pick up the phone and call me. Don't wait till your dog's got explosive diarrhea again, right? This is a real thing that happened this week, ladies and gentlemen. A real thing. These are real stories. This is one of many. This is the last one I'm going to tell you because there was like six more. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't wait for the weekend. Um, so they, 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 they decided finally that, okay, what do you think of Farmer's Dog? I said, believe it or not, I think they do a pretty good job. It's like human-grade food. It's formulated. They send it to you. Um, I gotta admit, I you know I don't think it's necessary. I think it's expensive as heck, and you know it gets the dogs very spoiled. <laughs> Down the road, you need disease-specific diet, like you know they go into kidney failure or they are diabetic and could use like a glycemic-controlled diet. You know, good luck feeding them dog food after a lifetime on farmer's dog. But nonetheless, I can't say that um, I haven't seen pretty good results with it. So if that's the direction you want to go with human grade. I think it's a decent option. I said, okay, um, I'm good with Farmer's Dog. They're like, good, because we already ordered it. I'm like, ah, great. I'm like, we still got to do a week of meds to stop the madness again. We know that works. But ladies, I need you to promise me something. Feed the Farmer's Dog and only the Farmer's Dog. Keep the protein source consistent. Don't go from chicken to turkey to beef. Pick the protein source that she likes the most, because that's important to you. Stick with it and feed nothing but that protein source and that diet and nothing more for the next eight weeks. Please don't change anything without calling me. If you feel you want to make a change, call me, run it past me. We've got to stay consistent. So that's where I left it. Wish me luck, everybody, because God knows where it's going to go. Super nice people. You know, I, I, I do love them, believe it or not. Um, you can love someone without uh, and, and still get a little bit frustrated, right? They love their dog. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, when it comes down to these circumstances, these situations, I'm going to leave you with this. This is going to date me a little bit here. <laughs> I heard a great movie that came out uh, when I was still in college called Jerry Maguire. Starred uh, Tom Cruise and Cuba Gooding Jr. Tom Cruise was a sports agent, and Cuba Gooding Jr. was, was his uh, as a football wide receiver who was his 
uh, client. And he was a very frustrating, high maintenance, difficult client. Um, and I remember this one scene in sheer frustration. Jerry Maguire, played by Tom Cruise, says, Help me help you. Help me help you. Help me help you. <laughs> you can see the frustration in his face, in his body language, as he's pleading with his client to help him help him. <laughs> it's great acting. Well, that's how we feel, ladies and gentlemen. Just like Jerry Maguire felt in that moment when you guys are not complying, changing things up on the fly without letting us know, very often making very bad decisions without consulting us first, not listening to our instructions, blatantly ignoring them. It makes our jobs very hard. It makes us feel bad for your pets. It makes us very frustrated. Sorry about the venting session today, but such was my week, everyone. Please do us all a favor. Heed my words. Comply, comply, comply. And if there's challenges to compliance, give your vet a call. They want to help you, <laughs> as I just said. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time.